0: Testimony, Amen. Yeah, ever how brief it may be, we Amen. all have, we all have a story, and and I speak to you that you don't need this microphone to tell your story. Come on, there's people in your highway and people in your
1: byway that need to hear your story today. Amen. Well, I um, I was given two minutes. Forget that; it's not going to happen. But I really do want to share um, something that's 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 pretty. Pretty significant. Um, First of all, for those of you who are new here today, welcome. We are we are truly glad that you have come, and hope that God has blessed you in being here. For those of you who are here intermittently, we thank you for coming back, and hope God is blessing you with that. But for all of us, we have this wonderful opportunity. First of all, isn't it wonderful being the presence of the Lord? amen there's nothing more wonderful and having that peace and that joy and that sense of knowing that you're in something greater than yourself I I I just love it I love every moment of it and so I, I love this but for those of you who are here and and you're not used to what's going on here you'll see these marauding bands of ministry going on all the time and particularly doing worship and um and it's kind of just people that, that God is laying on their hearts things to do and, and what God is calling them to do in ministry. Well, I happen to be a recipient of one of those marauding bands of ministry. Um, it, and it's so beautiful because it's not like something that you plan on. Um, but about two, was it two two or three weeks ago? Three? Three. I'll say three. Three. Um, I've had this, this ongoing pain in my left hip. Now, I've had uh, four kidney stones and I've had spinal meningitis, so I know what the level 10 pain is. Trust me, I know. Um, and so I was having this, this hip pain in my left hip that was um, like nine to 12 ibuprofen just to keep it where I could function. And uh, Sharon Oakey knew about this, and and so uh, Sunday or so before, you know, she came over and prayed with me, and um, I was still experiencing the pain. And so I am in this time of worship, and, you know, things are just moving along wonderfully well, and I'm enjoying that, and all of a sudden there's this crowd of ministers. There's Annabelle and Sharon and Ned and Catherine and Brandon and his son and his daughter. And so they just come up and they get around me. And Brandon puts his hand on my head, and his hands are cold as ice. I'm not kidding you. It was like somebody put an ice cube on my forehead. No offense, Brandon. has nothing to do with you, brother. Um, But the minute he put his hand on my forehead, there was just a warmth that went through me. And I just felt the warmth in my body. I felt the cold from his hand, but the warmth in my body. Um, I walked away from that experience, and I have yet to have pain in my left hip. I am I'm telling you, praise God, give God the glory. And here's, here's a neat thing, is that Brandon's going to tell you, and I'm going to tell you, and Sharon's going to tell you, it has nothing to do with them, except that they've walked in obedience to Almighty God. They have listened and they have walked obediently to what God has called them to do. But we serve a mighty God that is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond what we can ever imagine or think. God is able to do things and I don't understand why. I would take this pain back on in a heartbeat if I could see Jim walk. Or if I could see Rick and, and Amanda free of, of diabetes. Or Annabelle to have eyes, her, her sight to be restored. Or Sharon... have that immune system back functioning the way it should or Amy any of these things I take that pain back on in a heartbeat and I don't understand why God does what he does but I give him glory for doing what he does it's not about me understanding it's not about me knowing why it's about me giving him honor and glory that he does and he is able to do that so I just ask you all just to join with me in rejoicing and knowing that our God reigns and that He is able to do things that we can't begin to understand, but we can give Him the glory and honor for. Can we have an amen? Amen. Amen. amen.
0: Come on, can you say hallelujah? Wow. Woo! It's, it's hot up in there. Hey, we bring <laughs> greetings from California. Thanks for letting Tammy and I uh, go, releasing us there, and. I bring back to you greetings from Dave and Vivian Cunningham and all of the uh, Rancho International Ministry uh, churches, and um, I, I will try to, my best to get those messages out to you so that, that you can hear them. It was a great time. It was a great time. There's a lot going on here. I, I'll extend this to you. My mom came to church last week. She was helping with our kids, and, and she immediately texted me afterwards, and she said, they are doing fine without you. <laughs> Then she said, I didn't mean it like that way. But uh, she said, wow, it's great to see the body of Christ active. She's active at her church in Charleston, West Virginia. But she said it was great to walk in and, and to see the vibrant body of Christ um, ministering to one another. In the absence of so many people, Kai Alpha, I don't know if you're back. And I know that a lot of you guys were out. So I'm going to wave my hand this way and say, welcome back. Welcome back. We, you guys have testimonies from your trips. Uh, Rick and Mitch have uh, sent a, a message this morning. They said, we want to come home. And I said, well, you're not done yet, so don't book an early flight. <laughs> Finish your course. And uh, they said, and I agreed with them, it's felt like a long trip. It's not been that long. It's probably a shorter trip, but it's felt long. But they extend their greetings to you, I'm, uh, and I welcome the Rosales family back. I was hoping that Lena would scoot back in there. They have a lot to share. They're still figuring out what exactly it is. So don't bombard them. When they're ready, they'll, they'll, they'll share. I want you to know just there's some really good announcements. I love seeing this work on the front. You can see the big piece over there. But lots of good things on, on here, um, including that uh, there's a Joel meeting next Sunday night, um, in, including that um, we have moderators now, and we're going to be hearing from them towards the end of the service. That's how it gets applied today. But... Um, Also including, and this isn't in that bulletin, but it's been talked about a lot, there is a missions trip to Hollywood. Doug and Monica, stand up right fast. Wow. And there is a lunch... Next Sunday, right after church, bring your own lunch and hear about it. It's a great opportunity to go in, into the highway and byway. They're going to send around some forms. And as Tammy comes, she's going to uh, start for us this, this, this afternoon. We're gonna, we like to be team and, and share together. But um, I, I want you to know that next, this week, this Sunday, and next Sunday, Monica's doing $10 haircuts downstairs. And all those proceeds go to California. So, oh, I'm sorry. So, however, however, zero to a thousand, you want to contribute. Zero to a thousand.
2: Right after church
1: downstairs.
2: Swift's pushing to the front. Amen, amen. Um, So, I wanted to make two announcements. Tulia said I could make two announcements because, man, it is awesome to be a woman in 2015. I just tell you. I feel bad for all you men. No, I'm just teasing. Uh, And especially here at DP, the Lord is moving and being active among all of us, sons and daughters. But uh, some of us here at uh, the Women of DP leadership, uh, we got really excited because we could feel the stirring that the Lord's doing in us here at, at DP. And so this week, if you didn't get this flyer yet, grab one. This Saturday is called a day of awakening, it is just for women. Men, you can just get awake on your own wherever you're at, but this Saturday here at DP is a day of awakening, and we are super excited about, I, I can't even, just read the flyer. I'm, I've been a part of the process, and I read the flyer, and I was like, man, I want to go, and I already knew what it was about. So uh, it, it really explains well what we're going to be doing here on Saturday. I encourage you, Come. If you can come in the morning, come. If you can come in the afternoon, come. If you can come the whole day, come. But come and be a part of what the Lord has been stirring in us. You need a little pink piece of paper. Put your name and information on it. Right here, there's no charge for this. It's going to be here at Dwelling Place uh, starting at 9 in the morning, going until 4. So grab one of these on your way out. Make sure you fill this out so we can know because we are providing lunch for you. And then, in a few weeks, after we get awakened, ladies, and we're all awake and we're all excited, then we get, that was just one day, so that was a little sneak peek. In a few more weeks, we're going to take a whole weekend. We're going to leave everyone behind just for for a few days. The men will have to fend for themselves. If you have a husband, he'll have to feed himself. If you have children, someone will have to feed them. If you're just leaving your house, your roommate, they'll have to make do without you because I think the Lord's calling some of you to this weekend. It's our, it's our spring encounter. The Lord, like I said, is doing something with the women here at DP. He's stirring us. He's, he's kind of getting us going in a direction. And if you're still trying to figure that out or if you, if you already know, yeah, yeah, I want to be a part of this, then, then show up. Come to this. It's a great weekend. We have a great time together. Uh, We hang out. We get teaching. We get ministry. We have a great time of worship. So please, this is what the encounter flyer looks like. Don't get mixed up. Okay, I know there's a lot of, of things to sign up for. You do need to also sign up for the encounter. There's registration inside of that. So it's called Color Your World. We're talking about letting the color that the Lord has imprinted on the inside of us The doors are going to fling open, and we get to color our world as we go out and about. So please, please, please come. Um, As we, Tulio and I, got excited, we're on like a little bit of a high, like you said, coming back from California. But we also were listening to the podcast that Jared shared last week, which was awesome. I mean, it's pretty good when the Spirit of God is so powerful that the following week, when it's on the podcast, you can still feel the power of God in it. It was just a really intense time. So if you missed that, please listen to his his word that he gave. So, but as we were listening to the podcast, the Lord just began to speak to me really over the last few weeks here at Dwelling Place. If you've been every single Sunday or if this is your first Sunday or if you hit and miss in the last couple of Sundays, the Lord has been uh, building. You can feel it in the spirit. He's kind of moving us as a body. We're going somewhere. We heard that this morning in the worship. You could feel it. It's stirring in us. Some of you are here this morning and you really don't know why. You're still sitting in your seat because you thought about getting up but you didn't. And you really still don't know what's holding you in your seat at this moment. I'm telling you that's the Lord. He's speaking to you this morning. He's He's building something. He's bringing us to a place. There's a momentum that's building in the spirit. And as we were listening to Jared last week, he talked about a paradigm shift and about changing our perspective when we think about the kingdom of God, when we're thinking about approaching God and how we come thinking, well, this is what I want, when really he's saying, no, this is what you need. Because a lot of times if we stick to what we want, we never move from that place. The Lord's like, no, Tammy, this is what you need in order to get to the next thing. And I heard that in Jared's word, and the Lord began to, to just to speak that there's a momentum in us. And he began to stir in Tulio and I, because we were like, well, where do you go from here? That was such a powerful word about changing our paradigm, kind of getting us to grow up a little bit, maturing us in where we are as sons and daughters. And then the Lord began to speak to Tulio, and he said, I just keep hearing. What's hindered you? What's hindered you? And so I'm going to encourage you this morning, as we just share a little bit what the Lord has put on our heart, that you kind of open up to hear what the Lord is speaking, because the time is now, dwelling place, even if you're just here for a day, the Lord has you here today for whatever reason. You may never come again and that's fine because we know that the Lord has you here today. But he's saying that the time is now. It's time to take action. We got to work out some of this fat we got. We got some good stuff in us as sons and daughters. It's been imparted to us about kingdom. There's some good stuff in us. So this morning, what's hindering you? What's hindering you from stepping out? What's hindering you from being all that God has called you to be as a son, as a daughter? Amen?
0: She's preached the sermon. What's hindering us? You know, I I have this great five-point message, and the Lord said, it's way too much. He said, you know, that's not what i'm doing and so we kind of had to hit back to the drawing board i i want to tell you we're i'm going to share something out of luke 17 but there's two words that that have been repeated each week rick asked us uh, several weeks ago he said how many of you have been to a virginia tech football game go ahead how many of you have been to a virginia tech football game that's right that's right how many of you have played in a virginia tech football game On maybe you just David, we might need a little bit more volume. Can you all hear me? He's afraid I'm going to scream. Where's Brandon? Did he? Brandon Simonis has played in a Virginia Tech football game. There's a difference in watching the game and playing in the game. There was a word that said it. This is not. I think it was Heather that said this. We're not. It's not spectator sport. Rick challenged us. Jared repeated it. That why? Why? Like why does the church act like we're at a Virginia Tech football game? It's great to play in the game, isn't it? It's great. Is it greater than actually just watching it? It is greater. It is greater. There's a... There's a a testimony. Brandon's like, but I'm thankful that I've matured and I'm not out there on the field. If we look in Luke chapter 17, verses 1 through 4, it talks about being a stumbling block. I won't read all those to you, but it talks about being a stumbling block to those people who are growing and the importance of repentance and forgiveness. Now, it's speaking to us who are growing. It's not talking about uh, the, the people that are stumbling. It's saying it that, that if I'm going to be part of the growth, then I'm not going to forget about repentance and forgiveness. In verse 5 and 6, it talks about having faith and walking in authority. Verses 7 through 10, are you keeping up with me? Yeah, it's a little Bible study. It's okay. It talks about the lepers being healed, but only one came back to give glory, right? That's what... In 11 through 19, oh, I skipped it, sorry, verse 7 through 10, it talks about how uh, the master comes in and expects the slaves to serve. And uh, it, it says that the slaves, they did what they were supposed to, what was required of them. In verse 11 through 19, it talks about the leopards being healed, only one giving glory, and as it gets into 20... It says, now having been questioned by the Pharisees as to when the kingdom of God was coming, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God is not coming with signs to be observed. Right there is Heather's word. Heather, you were the one that said that. Was it you or Robbie that said it's not spectator sport? Whoever. It was a worship leader this morning that commanded us to place, to so not being spectators. They're right on it. They're just reading the notes here this morning, right out of Luke 17. It's not signs to be observed it's not a place to say look here or look there for behold the kingdom of God is in our midst the translation of that is it's right here it's right here it's right here and you don't even have to be on an aisle seat it's right here come on the kingdom of God is here and and you know what The, the reality is is there's a conflict in the kingdom There's a conflict between his kingdom and this kingdom, but my kingdom. And until we start to get to a point of addressing that there's really a a battle, and when it comes down to it, there's not an easy button. There's not an easy button called this world, because this world is where I'm at, and it involves my kingdom. And my kingdom has to get with his kingdom. Come on. If there's a conflict, then that means that there's a fight. And if there's a fight, then there's a fighter. And if there's a fighter, then there's a winner. Come on, he's already won. Why are you fighting him? Come on. Oh, y'all are chuckling like you've not been the fighter. Come on. Come on. Come on. on. Dave made this comment. He said, the throne of God's not a two-seater. Oh. I'm speaking to the, these people. They're laughing like, dear God, I've tried to squeeze in his seatbelt instead of squeezing on his lap. Come on, how many of us have been doing that? We're trying to squeeze into his seatbelt instead of squeezing into his lap. There's a place that I've got to honor him as the I am and dismantle the I am. And that's hard when he's calling us to be. In 1 Peter 2.9, it says what? You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Come on. Say it with me. It says we are a chosen people. We are a chosen people. So, that I may. so that I may. Wow. Wow. Did you know that you, you don't be, you, you don't do something to become something? You are something to do something. Yeah. Come on, some of you think it's the same thing. <laughs> now this group's laughing. <laughs> I don't know if laugh means you're getting it or you're applying it. <laughs> or you're thinking about someone you're going to repeat it to. <laughs> Usually, you know this, You know how this works. I'm pointing to Jim like, oh, I just know this word's for Jim. It's hitting me back like three times heavy. Right here, these three fingers. Come on. He says he he wants us to be a chosen people so that we may do, second, may do the excellencies. So so what's hindering us? What's hindering us? What's hindering us from being the word and trying to be exhausted doing the word? Come on, if we're being the word, it's not a place of, of, of being exhausted. I, I We were hearing, Jared heard something that I was hearing, and the worship team had already heard it. And uh, and so when I said something to Robbie, and then Jared said something to me, and Robbie had already done it, isn't that just great? Same spirit of God, different vessels, precious vessels. But it's that place of singing a vowel instead of singing a word. you know why we do that sometimes? Because... I'm controlling when I sing a word. Self-control means that I'm going to sit in the father's lap who's on the throne. It doesn't mean that I'm squeezing him over to double buckle. That's not, that's not, when I start doing that, I'm not exhibiting self-control, I'm, I'm exhibiting control. And I think sometimes we need to sing a vowel. Jared, I don't know if that's exactly what you were singing, an I, But it's a it's a place where I say, God, I'm 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 giving you this. I'm giving you this. So that you can be you. And 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 I can be. I can be me. It's a place of being bigger and better and higher and longer and it's that Tent pegs expanding, and you know when the tent expands, it stretches, and that's okay. That's okay. When uh, we were going on this trip, um, we we got into the airport, and I put the bags down. It was just Roanoke. Shelly, thank you, had driven us, and she pulled away. And Tammy said, what are we doing? I said, well, I don't know. we just kind of given our brains to my mother to manage the affairs of our house. And we were... We were kind of in a, like, what? Well, I mean, it continued. We got up to the kiosk, and we tried to check in, and we didn't know our license from our passport, from our credit card, from our ID number, from our confirmation number, to which bag was getting checked, which we were carrying, where the liquids were. I mean, we were just in a, wow. And I, I just excused it. I said, well, Tammy, you're speaking at a conference. I'm just going along for the ride. And I, I tried to live that way. I continued and uh, there were several times, you know, when I get in a group of people, I just start talking to my neighbors. And, and the Lord just said to me, you know, just focus on Tammy right now. You know, now for me, singing A-E-I-O-U is not hard. Being silent is hard. <laughs> but I, I kept getting the challenge. Of course, she was just being the evangelist. She'd just go along. She'd just start conversations. I'm like, what is happening? I thought this was so conversational with me. And the Lord said, it's not about you. It's not what I'm doing. It's not about you. In Philadelphia, we got on a plane. Some of you may have read this on Facebook. And uh, the stewardesses were having a a challenge. They were too many chiefs is what I call it. And I went into behavioral management to (laughs) analyze, analyze or whatever that's called and analyze and diagnose the problem. Tammy gave me the elbow. She said, you're not at work. I said, well, okay. So then about 30 minutes later, she looked over and she said, What is the problem? And I said, I'm not at work. She said, Well, I do not want to be late. I do not want to miss the flight. I do not want to stay in the airport. You you need to figure out what's going on. Well, you know, switch your hats. And I said, Well, dear, what's happening is there's the stewardess has uh, they have not, there's too many chiefs and They've miscounted, they've added the standby passengers, and now uh, there's one too many standby passengers. She said, well, get them off the plane." <laughs> and I said, "Well, sweetheart, they've closed the door." And they've pulled the airwalk back from the plane. She said, "So?" She said, "No, you know, now we're up to like sixty minutes. The, the uh, group there is beginning to uh, interrogate the flight attendant. The flight attendant explains, where one person over, that person can't ride in a stewardess's seat because of FAA regulations. And uh, one lady, she says, "Well, just roll the slide out. Get them off." I thought, now I've got two. Tammy and this lady in front of me." <laughs> Tammy didn't say it though, and the ladies and the stewardess said, "Well, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard." And I thought, "We are trapped in this airplane) And, uh, and so she, said, she looked at the lady. She said, stupid. The stewardess said it to the woman. She said, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. She said, we roll out a $50,000 slide. She said, I'm off work for a week, and you're stuck in Philadelphia. Like, we need to think of a different option. So she walked on, and I, I had had a conversation, a short conversation, when I sat down with the neighbor, and I said, well, I just don't know why they don't ask someone with an FAA clearance to sit in that stewardess seat like they would a doctor in a medical need. And, but I said, I'm not, I'm not working. And so I I said, I'm going to close my eyes before Tammy tells me to solve this problem one more time. (laughs) So a few minutes I thought had passed. And in my sleep, I heard, we have figured out an answer. We're going to bring an inflatable set of stairs up to the front of the aircraft and let this extra passenger out. Well, of course, I woke up and I thought, wow, what a wonderful idea. I want to see these inflatable stairs because I... (laughs) You know, I'm in behavioral management. And my neighbor, he gives me an elbow, and he said, Do you know, did you hear the, 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 the pilot? He just came on, and he asked for a volunteer with an FAA certification who'd ride in the stewardess seat. He said, Why didn't you speak up 60 minutes ago? He said, We're moving. We're, we're going to take off. We've lost 90 minutes. And I thought, I'm trapped between my wife and this person. And I did have to sit there and say to myself, why? What hindered me? Come on. What hindered me from speaking up? (laughs) Praise God, the Lord doesn't take a day off. Come on. Sometimes we're just going and it's it's none of my business. Now, some of you may struggle with hearing to do, and people like me struggle to hearing to just stay the course and, you know, it's a good challenge of, of, of what, what hindered and, you know, what, what was I thinking? And, and I thought to myself, why, why are people silent in the church? What, what's hindered them? And I'm waiting for Emory. She was sitting here and she gone to help someone. So um, Emory came up to me this morning and she said, Dad, this is like 845. She said, you need to thank the Hickmans today. The Hickmans come every Sunday morning, and she said, they need need to be thanked today. And I think that it's bigger than just her saying it, me repeating it. It's bigger than what you do, but y'all are phenomenal man and woman of God. And I just extend to you that the things that God's doing in your life, he he sees them, and he, he desires, he's pouring out his spirit. I hear him saying the well done, the well done, the well done. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. When Jared asked, he said, what are you hearing? I, I felt like the Lord is saying, you know, we have three children and they're phenomenal. And you'll hear about one in a second. But, I, you know, so God's doing something in Amory. She's doing something. And I don't, I don't know if this word represents Her as an individual, or or as the corporate church, the next generation that we not look over the next generation. They're speaking things that our ears would be awakened to what they're speaking. That we would be captivated by what you young people are seeing. You know that I have to admit that I'm old when I say that, but that's okay. I'm older. Maybe I say it that way. That sounds better. I'm older. But there's things that you see that we need to hear, and if we're not listening, then we need an extra tug. Hey, I, I'm hearing something. Coralie spoke out, many of you spoke out, but it's important that we, we let the voice of the Lord that's speaking to us come out. In Galatians 5, it says, uh, verses 7 starts off, it says, you are running well, who hindered you? This persuasion did not come from the Lord who called you. Come on. Let me read it to you in the message. You were running superbly. Who cut in on you? Deflecting you from the true course of obedience. The detour doesn't come from the one who called you into this race in the first place. What's hindered you? Just as, even as Tammy comes and shares about hindrance, this is, this is the word that I, I feel is, that Heather said, swim like you're free. She used the words, be free. Now, I don't, you had not gotten on my computer, read any of my notes, had you? No. She said, be free. There's a reality that I can cast a vision. Heather, Robbie, Allison, Mike, as they were leading, Janelle. Uh, Nick, is they're leading, uh, Aletheia, even back there on the drums, she can cast a vision to you to live free. But living free has to be lived in lives. Come on, the momentum of this church, the momentum of these ministries, the momentum even of yourself and your family. I, I can cast a vision to you for that, but it has to be lived in a life, in a person, in a, in a creation of God. So when we're talking about a place of what's hindered you, we have to realize that when I'm hindered, I'm not living that vision. I'm not living life. I'm not being free.
2: Whew. Oh, just breathe. (laughs)
1: Is that for
2: everyone else? Yeah, well, for everyone else. Sometimes you know the spirit of God is just manifests itself differently in all of us, and so sometimes with Tulio it's a bit overwhelming, and that's good. You know, just welcome to our world. So anytime you run into our children and they're overwhelming you, you know very well where they got it. Um, they come by it honest. We try not to, you know, you know, punish them for that because we ourselves are are just. We're just intense people, which we know that the spirit of God that's within us—that's how He's created us—and we want to, to move and operate in that. Doesn't mean that everyone has to move and operate in it like that, because you know O'Reillys need some people that just say, back her down a little bit, like you know, let's just grab those reins and let's steer it a little bit. We need we need some help in that. Um, so really, the Lord. Just as I went to California this past weekend and then when we got back and we were listening to the word and Tulio got the word of, you know, what's hindering you, one of the main words that I spoke in California that the Lord just resonated in my spirit is uh, actually before we left, Leah and several of the ladies, Paula and Laura Swift, they were all praying for me and, and Leah just looks at me and she says, I just keep hearing this word of like, who told you you were naked? And I was kind of like, well, I don't know. And so, but as I took that, I could feel that just really resonating in my spirit. And that uh, scripture is in Genesis 3, and I'm just going to read starting in 10. You could start in 6 if you wanted to. But it was after Adam and Eve had eaten from the tree. And it says, he answered, uh, uh, 9 says, but the Lord God called to the man, where are you? And he answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, who told you that you were naked? And he said, you know, have you eaten from the tree I've commanded you not to eat from? And the Lord just started expounding on this one scripture as we talk about what's been hindering you. The Lord just started to to say for me to ask you this morning, like, who's been speaking to you? Who you've been who have you been listening to? Who told you you were naked and that you had to go hide out somewhere? Who said that to you? There is so much in the kingdom of God that awaits us as sons and daughters, not just in eternity, but here. Who told you that you can't have that right now? Who's saying that to you? Who told you that no, you can't do this. You need to go run and hide. The church isn't ready for you. The church doesn't have a place for you. You're not loud enough. You're not quiet enough. You're not religious enough. Who told you that? Who spoke that into you? Who told you you couldn't sing? Who told you you couldn't speak? Who told you you didn't have a purpose in life? Who told you you were alone? Who told you that you're going nowhere? Who spoke those things to you that's hindering you, that's holding you back from the things that the kingdom has for you, that your father put in place before the foundations of the earth? There's a season, this season that is upon us is is so I don't know if it's energized or whatever, but I feel like the earth itself is calling for us as sons and daughters to step into whatever it is that God has for you. Whatever it is, start asking the question. Who told you you didn't have a life? Who told you that? I also shared with the women, we all have a nation we're called to. One of my greatest nations, I live in my house with every single day. I have three kids. It's my nation. I speak to them, they speak back to me. It's a nation calling forth a nation. So when I get all these prophetic words, the Lord is calling you to a nation. I'm like, oh yes, I know. I have one that follows me around everywhere. And I love it. I love it. There are times also right now in this season of life, as many of you know, I'm called to a nation at Christiansburg Middle School where I substitute teach. There's a nation there. Where is your nation? You have one. I haven't been overseas. Well, I went last year, so I thought it was longer than that. Well, okay, just last year. But it's been a while since, you know, you've been kind of on the mission field. Sometimes we, we, we forget about the nations that we're called to. Some people think, well, I just have a nation on Sunday morning. And since no one's really asking me to speak from the front, apparently I must not have a nation. Oh, no, 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 no. And I'm telling you, this is like one moment. I have a nation all through the week that I'm called to. And who told me that's not a nation? Who told me that that's not a purpose? Who told me that when I wake up in my bed and then I sit up and I begin to intercede, who told me that that is not purposeful? Who told me that I am not changing nations through the prayers that I pray up on my hill at 1860 Radford Road? I'm changing a nation right there in my home, in my PJs, where I like it. (laughs) Amen. I mean, who told you that? And I just felt like the Lord was calling us forth this morning to kind of shake off. Jared talked about just all this religion. Because we've been forsaking a call that's in our life. When we hear those words like, I have a call of God on my life. I'm going to wake up and fix my kids' breakfast. (laughs) Hallelujah. I'm going to go clock in at Christiansburg Middle School. And I'm going to manage a classroom all day long. And I'm going to love on people. I may not say Jesus not one time well sometimes under my breath, but I may not be able to speak like I'm speaking to you now at Christiansburg Middle School, but I know that I know that I know that I'm making an impact there. Because when I go, I'm praying, I'm loving, I get to be me. It's powerful. Don't forsake that. Take hold of it. Take action. Be bold in that. Don't despise those things that are in your life. So when Tulio says, what's hindering you? I think a lot of it is, is that we've just kind of got in this big, you know, religious mindset. Well, I'm just going to get up and I'm just going to do this and then I'm going to do that. And yeah, nothing real spiritual about what I do. Who told you that? Who told you that? That's what you got to start asking the question this week as things start popping in your head. Who told you that? Was it the Heavenly Father who is the author and the finisher of your faith? He's the finisher, He's the one that's created you. That should be, He should be the one that's telling you. And if He's not the voice that's speaking to you, then you just get to shut it down. I mean, you just, you do, and you say, uh-uh. Who told me that? Who told me that? I'm going to end with a really quick story, because I think sometimes we just need that applicable moment. So many of you, you may have even heard this story before, but um, my oldest son, Liam, he said uh, several years ago he started playing soccer. Many of you know he's a soccer player. And he started on this team, and he showed up on this team, and he, some the coach had asked him to come out for the team, and he did, and there he was, and he's he's starting on the team, and they're practicing each and every day. When Liam was in sixth grade, he was a pretty hefty kid. I mean, he was. I mean, you look back on pictures and like he looks like he didn't even have a neck. Like his face is just so round, and he's just he was a hefty kid. We tease about it all the time at the house. and so he um, he started on the soccer team. And he's loving it. The first few practices, he's loving, loving, loving soccer. One day I pick him up, he says, Mom, I'm done. I don't want to play anymore. I said, what happened? You were just so enjoying this sport. Like, what's happened? He said, well, when we start practice, he said, when we run, I'm always the last one. And I'm just not fast. And all the other team members are kind of teasing me about it. They're kind of teasing and saying, like, I'm too fat to play soccer. I'm too big. Like, I'm not fast enough. And that's really what I I need to be faster in order to play. I'm not going to be able to keep up. Well, once again, here's my nation right in front of me. Right in front of me. And the Spirit of God rose up inside of me. And, you know, I'm kind of like, okay, how do I maneuver this? Because the facts are, my kid's not skinny and he's not fast. So how am I going to tell him this? I mean, I mean, the facts are the facts. I wasn't going to lie to the kid and say, yeah, I don't ever know if he's going to be fast on his feet. I don't know that. So I was like, okay, here we are, but that's okay. So I said, I just kind of used these words on him. Well, who told you being fat and being big doesn't work on the soccer field? He said, well, the rest of my soccer team. I said, but they're not the ones that created you. I said, here you are, you're big, you're strong. And I said, I'm going to give you a little helpful hint. I said, son, sometimes you just got to bring what you got. And I said, and you got size and you got power. And I said, so I'll tell you this, you may not be running fast, but I don't care whenever you're running, you're big and you're powerful. And if a kid comes, this little kid's running towards you and you're both running toward the ball and you just run, run up on that ball and you just stop like this. They're going to just bounce right off of you. I said, so you just got to learn how to bring what you got. Use what you got on the soccer field. I mean, accept the fact that you're not fast, but you have some power and you have some girth that you can use for your benefit. So every, you know, so all the time at, at practice and at games, I'd be like, bring what you got. Bring what you got. Bring what you got, son. Show them how the big boys play soccer. Just show them how the big boys play soccer. You know? And he did over and over and over again. He showed up because he started listening to the voice that was inside of him. Then they put him in the goalie one day. And they thought, well, let's we'll give this kid a try on the goalie. He did great. So they're like, oh, we found our new goalie. He did great in the goalie for the first several games he played goalie, and then he started going downhill. And I was like, and then Tulio and I were kind of like, I don't know if this is such a good idea. It's stressing him out. I mean, he's crying. I mean, when he would let the ball go in, I mean, it was ultimate failure. He had lost the game. I'm like, let's all put our kid through this. Sure enough, the coach said, no, it's in him. Let's pull it out of him. Let's help him. And I kid you not, there were several games That my son stood in that goalie, and as he's blocking that goalie, and that ball goes in, tears just start rolling down his face. But he did not leave that post. He played that goal to the very end, crying and all. And and the Lord started speaking to me. As we walk out this journey, and you take hold of some things today... When you walk out, he took hold of the fact that he's a goalie. He's now one of the greatest goalies, I think, in the world. But, I mean, let's bring it back down. You know, he's probably just a really good goalie. So, he's a really good goalie. So, but in that, he took hold of that. And he didn't quit on a bad day. He didn't quit when the enemy said, you let a ball go in. you failed. Told you you weren't a goalie. Told you you couldn't do this. Told you you were too big to play soccer. He held firm to what the Lord had placed inside of him, and he had to fight for it. On days when he did not feel like blocking that goal and failure was eating him up, he was weeping. He stood there. He stood his ground. He held it and good in here this morning we're getting you all hyped up and everyone's like yeah I got a purpose it's going to be grand I'm going to leave out of here and guess what's happening there's a world out there that you have to fight you have to fight to hold on to what the Lord's imparting to you but if my 14 year old can stand in a goal weeping and playing a game to fight for what the Lord has placed within him so can you I learned something from my nation that day. It taught me something. So hear me. Who told you? Who told you you were naked? Who told you you were naked?
0: Come on and then a Friday in 2015 in February, Liam calls me to pick him up. See, he's not made the JV soccer team. Because that coach said what? You're too slow. You're too slow. And, and he cried. He got so angry that he he broke a bat, a metal bat, a Louisville Slugger. I mean, I was like, we well, got some anger issues. <laughs> and I went inside probably crying because I thought I'm not the best dad right now. I'm not winning this. But you know what that nation did on Monday? That nation put on his cleats, put on his shin guards. I said, where, where, He said, I've got club soccer, and I'm going to go be the best 14-year-old goalie that I can be. Now, I don't know what JV next year brings, but he, but I, he identified with, I'm going to bring what I got. Now, Robbie is going to play, and the ministry team is going to come. I'm going to take us back to the beginning of Luke. Sometimes we just need to repent for what we've entertained. I don't, sometimes we we talk about the elders repent. Someone said, I've never been to a church where elders repent so much. And someone said, uh, in fact, I think it was your sister. She said, I'm struggling to find a church. She said, because I'm waiting for the elders to repent for something. And I said, well, I'd rather be an elder that repents than... An elder that pretends like something didn't happen. I'd rather you see an example of repenting and and getting it on the right road. Uh, Kyle Hodge said that, he said, detour isn't dead end. And I'm going to add this unless you stop your car. Melissa Kennedy, she said that um, delayed is not denied. Come on. One of these Maddoxes said, and I don't know which one's going to get credit, they said that giving up and giving in are two different things. Come on, it it had to be Robbie with some Tony edit. So, come on, do you know what the difference is? Giving in is I surrender. Come on, did we sing that today? Did we proclaim that? I surrender. Giving up means said that I've lost. I want to be known as as a nation I want it to be written, Daniel Wheeler said, what do you want written on your tombstone? I said, nothing, because there better not be a tombstone. I'm being cremated, Daniel. <laughs> I don't want to be remembered tomorrow. I want to be remembered today. I want my words and my life and my being to have impact. Would you stand up? Today, God, we, we don't want to be a people that's hindered. And for some of us, we need to come over here to this left side and just be with you. And just be with you. And and we just have some things to lay down. We've got some gifts that don't look this pretty that we need to leave at the altar and say, I I have taken on words and identity and direction that's not you. And I'm going to lay this down at the altar because I'm going to walk out lighter and freer and bigger and better. Come on, some of us want to come up here. Can y'all move over? To, you want to come up and say, hey, I, I, I just need someone to agree with me because I'm going to say something into this world and this world's going to be shaken and it's going to fall off of me because yeah. I've determined not to stand by myself. There were many words this morning before we ever shared, before anyone ever looked, even from what Heather said and Corley and Melissa. There was a place of someone said, we're trying in our own strength to keep walls from closing in when God easily holds these things back someone else said uh, holding the world on her shoulders in her own strength when you turn around God's holding your world that God is stirring up joy that the winter is over it's not it's not empty laughter it's deep joy That there's a destiny and a purpose. There's a stirring up of gifts. Maybe you need someone to lay hands on you today to stir up gifts. Maybe your child's trying to tell you something. Maybe you need to not go find them. You you don't need to come up here. You need to find your child and and have a child lay hands on you and get it it straight. There was a, a word that hands raised, they were bound But the solution is to to pray because your hands are supposed to be free. There's a perseverance in your praise. There's a a place that some things are hard to do. but, But God's in it. There's a place that things are precious to us. And some of these gifts, they're really big. Ingrid, if I say this wrong, you have to help me. They're really big and they're really important to us. But you know what? It's too big for my hand. And I think that I can balance it like this, like my mom. Oh, whoa, that's real. Like my child's sickness. And I, I need to get this gift that I think that I'm holding this thing that's really precious to me and that's really dear, and I need to just gently give it to the Lord because His hands can hold it. Now, come on, those are words for people. I thought there was a word about somebody with a backpack on and they needed to get the backpack off. Lord, we're here today because we want to walk out an unhindered people. We're here today because we have a, a, a gift and a calling to be The chosen people, so that we can do your excellencies. Lord, I speak over us as a people. As I release these people to freedom, to unhinderedness. I speak over them. Chains, just like Terry said, chains. Chains are gone. Bound hands are gone. You might have to shake them just visually. to. to, You know me, I'm a stand-on-the-chair person. Lord, we thank you that you've called us to live unhindered, and it's by your power and your grace and your glory. Your grace and your glory. Your grace and your glory. Lord, I bless these people. Lord, I bless these people with the freedom that they can live in their life, not just something that I can cast vision to. Cast vision to. Amen? Amen. I'm going to encourage you. you. Take just a minute, and maybe it's at your seat. But walk out of here unhindered. Walk out of here unhindered. Walk out of here unhindered. Amen? Amen.